Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you're not. And a happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. Uh, today, we are so blessed for a thousand reasons. One of them is my godson, nephew Michael's here. You can't Yay. see him because he is invisible. But you can hear him. Hello. See? Uh, <laughs> my lovely research assistant, Chuck, is here. Of course, Carrie's here. Drunk. And... We are blessed to be joined by one of my heroes and one of the best people I know. Let's give a warm quantum catechesis welcome to Wild Bill Harris. Okay, uh, Bill has a clover over his face because he is committed to St. Patrick's teaching on the Trinity. Or I love cookies, one or the other. Good morning, or afternoon. Yeah, I guess Top of the afternoon to you. Top of the afternoon to you, Ben. So uh, the reason Bill's here is for a few things, but first, primarily because of St. Patty's Day. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to tell everyone a little bit about St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, St. Patrick, and then I would love for you to tell us, uh, for people not from Bay City, Saginaw, Midland, Flint, who's Bill Harris? Right? Uh, why would why would they know you if they're from Bay City, Saginaw, Midland, Flint? I remember the commercials, Bay City, Saginaw, Midland, Flint. It was your voice on that, that jingle? Was me. I never knew that. I never knew this. Yeah, well, You're still you, getting the residuals, aren't oh, you? Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm rolling in cheese. Uh, they stopped giving me money. It's just cheese Just now. cheese, yeah, it's, uh, But uh, so Bill and I have been friends for, I, 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 I think it's almost 30 years, Bill. Well, you, you mentioned even this morning, yeah. I mean, since you were a kid. Yeah. So. 16 was the first time I went to ABC, and I sat in the booth. And, you know, you showed me the switches and flips and buttons. And at that point, you had only won, like, 100 Emmys. So I don't know if you had. <laughs> How many Emmys have you won? Ten. 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 That's right. I my can't spell Emmys. Christopher has won, my son, nine. No. So I've got to always be one up on him. We have to kill him. Well, either that or we're going to open a museum. There's going to be 19 Emmys in a room somewhere <laughs> at this point and counting. Well, well, since we're so, talking about it, before yeah. I get into St. Patrick, why have you won Emmys? What did you do that? What are Emmys? Uh, Emmys are a recognition uh, like the... Biggie Emmy Nationals, yeah. it's the same organization, but yeah. they break it down into regions, uh, and it has nothing to do whether it's Flint, Detroit, Alpena, you're in competition with your peers in certain categories, and mm -hmm. you know, I really enjoyed, during my career, doing a lot of things, so anchoring, special projects, investigative pieces, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bill so. basically was the way Bay City, Saginaw, Midland, and Flint got news for Dozens of years, really. Well, I think when I retired yeah. from ABC 12 and Fox 66, it was about 35 years yeah. in this area. And by far, like growing up, again, for those of you not from this area, you've got this person, although not anymore, the golden age of, of the local news guy who guides us through crisis after crisis seems to be passing. And, and it just feels like now these guys move on to somewhere else. Or, But I'm telling you, um, guys, it wasn't close. Like there were other news stations, I didn't know anyone who watched them. And no one did. Uh, they watched Bill Harris. And uh, because of your integrity, um, and, and you're just... I started when the when the war started in Ukraine. Okay, stick with me. Mm -hmm. Dad and I were like, what do we watch? 
can't watch Fox, can't watch CNN, can't watch... And local news is our usual bread and butter, but they're not doing much on Ukraine. And we found France 24. Are you familiar with this? You mentioned that to me, and I have yet to find it. Brother, they're like you did news. Like, it's not, well, we're going to bring on somebody and we're going to talk over each other for an hour. I'm going to interrupt. So what they do is what? What you did. No, report the news. They tell the news. They report the news. And they don't do the whole thing of where you watch 10 minutes and you go, well, they're all liberal or they're all conservative. Okay. They actually just give you information and trust that you have a double, more than a double digit IQ. And I can't tell you, I miss those days, Bill. I miss those days. You know, and you were that guy for us. Oh, thank you. Really, um, you can't know his influence, and it's not just that he did anchoring and investigative reporting. He worked with the uh, state police extensively. Your beloved, we interviewed her, uh, was with the Grand Blank Township for how many years? Uh, she just retired after uh, basically a forty-year career in law enforcement. Forty, yeah. Which is weird. That so she started when she was three. Yes. You know, that's illegal now. There's child labor law. But back then it wasn't. Right, right. Uh, but so, anyway, Bill, you have been a cornerstone of this community forever, and you're a cornerstone of this parish. Uh, you, you serve hours a week as acolyte. Uh, and, and Bill trains a lot of our lectors, because if you haven't picked up, he's got the magic pipes. <laughs> you do. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I love your Facebook page. Uh, I, I noticed do. that you're starting. To, I see a like every time. Yeah, like, I got Father Joe giving me a like. Well, well look I've at been that. on Facebook forever. <laughs> but I mean, not off it. Like I post and I go. Uh, but since I got kicked off That's Twitter, funny. I'm trying to find a way to get Tiger updates. Mm-hmm. But I always look at yours because I love how every morning you do a day in history. Right. Right. And then often you'll put recipes up there. Yes. Uh, Because Bill can cook. Anyway, I'm talking too much. Look at that. Let's talk about you. Oh, Uh, I thought I was going to let's talk about St. Patrick, but. Oh, you want me to cover? Oh, St. Patrick, real quick. So Bill and I were just discussing this before the show, and my dog is currently making out with Bill. And this is so crazy because he won't stop. I Uh, I love you too. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're an attractive man, Bill. It's not your fault. It's your parents' fault. Um, St. Patrick was born either in Scotland or England. We're not sure. Yeah. Uh, what we are fairly to partly cloudy sure. In fact, let me. Uh, what we are fairly to partly cloudy sure of is this. At some point, he was captured and sold uh, by slavers in Ireland. And he lived a lot of his life then in Ireland. And he saw a lot of the Druids and a lot of the Druidic practices. Um, so what I would like to do is read a little letter he wrote, okay? Um, because what he eventually did when he was in his 20s, he escaped Ireland. And when he got back, he raised enough money to buy his freedom, which he then bought. So he was a free man. Um, He entered religious life. And what he found was he was just hungering to return to Ireland and teach them about Jesus. This is in the 5th century, okay? Um, So here's what he wrote. He had a vision, and he wrote it in the letter. Quote, I saw a man coming as if it, as if, as if, from Ireland. His name was Victoricus, and he carried many letters, and he gave me one of them. I read the heading, quote, the voice of the Irish, end quote. As I began the letter, I imagined in that moment that I heard the voice of those very people who were near the wood in Ireland, which is beyond the Western Sea, 
And they cried out as with one voice, we appeal to you, holy servant boy, come walk among us. And with that vision, he had his mission and he headed into Ireland and converted a great many people from the Druid uh, religion to Roman Catholicism. What, if you know the political situation at the time, what's particularly remarkable about it is that the Romans abandoned ship, uh, right? The Romans occupied what we call the UK uh, for a long time, but then as they started to collapse, they pulled away and left a big, ugly mess there. And what really began to unify them again was the birth of Christianity, right? Through St. Patrick. Um, Patrick's, quote, Patrick's ministerial success demonstrated his deep love for the Irish people and his desire to welcome them into the family of God. He baptized thousands. Uh, he ordained many priests. And 1,500 years later, he is still revered by the Irish for bringing them into the Christian fold. Isn't that cool? It is cool. Um, and I think this is, you know, it's a good opportunity now to uh, something back to my Massachusetts stage. Sure. We'll get into the whole uh, Catholicism and Irishness of my community. But when the Pope took St. Patrick off the list, yeah. Everybody thought it's he got demoted. Right. St. Valentine, remember that day, right? Oh, that yeah. Day? And the, that's not the case. He no. is still a saint, is he right. not? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. What it means, so think of it this way. Uh, and if you're from Michigan, perhaps this is the best example I can do. Uh, Solanus Casey mm -hmm. is a saint, but he's not on what we call the Roman calendar. Why? There's too many saints. We only have so many days of the year. And so what they'll do is say, okay, Solanus Casey is a saint, uh, but we, we technically the term is blessed, okay? Uh, but he's a canonized saint, but the mass for him is only prayed in his region, right? Can you pray his mass outside of the region? Sure, you just got to ask your bishop. Just give him a call, right? It's not even a form. And just, Uncle Earl, can I pray the St. Patrick's mass? To, or can I pray the Solanus Casey Solanus mass? Right. Of course. Right. So for Patrick, what happened is he's still, of course, on the calendar, but he's often during Lent. So the rule tends to be he no longer is a memorial, but a commemoration. Well, it's yeah. let's go back to today. Yeah. Um, you know, I, pl I played politics and yeah. just kind of. Hey, Father Joe, yeah. can we play the optional? If you look at the USCCB, yeah. XYZ, ABC, bishops thing, today is, of course, you know, uh, the uh, Thursday of Lent. Right. But they're the optional memorial mass for St. Patrick exactly. Bishop, which you so when nicely they, agreed to pray. Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, we owe the Irish so much as a country and as Catholics within this country. Uh, and I say this as a man who's 100% German, right? And only the Germans brought, well, no, that's not true. Germans were the number one. The most people came from Germany to this country. The second most from Poland. Ireland was the third most. But for many non-Catholics and many Catholics, the Irish Catholic experience is the defining one. Mm -hmm. uh, for a really simple reason. The Germans and Poles did what they always do. They just moved. Right. And it wasn't even we're in we're Americans now. No, we're Germans who live in America. We're Poles who live in America. The Irish were like, we're home. We're home. 
we will be Americans. And that might seem like an odd distinction, but it was a huge one in the 19th century in this country when no one wanted us here, you know. Uh, so uh, in the end, what the church gave me, the instructions I received were, if you want to do Patrick, pray the collect. We used to call it the opening prayer. Right. Oh, it's not a collect. Yeah, or yeah, collect. <laughs> no, really yeah. Isn't it funny? It's collect. like Cossack and Cossack. I'm supposed to say Cossack, but I'm like, those are huge Russians who, you know. Uh, but uh, isn't it true? Um, but uh, so we did the collect for Patrick. Patrick. And then we did the other prayers for the, four, for the Thursday of the second week of Lent. And uh, there we go. You know, now he wasn't a martyr. Right, he was a bishop. So uh, the key is this: we wore purple today. Yes, I was like, "Why well, should wear white? You can always wear white. That's always an option." I think, I think I'm saying that right. But they did quote: "We were strongly encouraged to wear purple." And you know, yeah. Does for all of us, you know, huh, pardon me. Does purple match green? I don't know. Oh yes, okay. yes. I, and this is interesting. You talk about the readings. There are optional readings for St. Patrick's Day, and I was following along. And we did during the eight o'clock mass read this. But I don't know if it struck you, but the the first reading today, the first line, right? Is that what you're going to talk <laughs> about? Yes. Read it, bro. Read it. This is the first line of the first reading of the mass for St. Patrick. Hit us, beloved. Be serious and sober-minded. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. You know a German bishop picked that out. They're like, they're looking down a little, looking a little askance at the Irish, and it's like, please. Yeah, I love that. Be serious and sober-minded. Sober. Yeah. And that brings to something that I didn't know for a long time, uh, that today in today's society in the 21st century, in the latter part of the 20th century, you know, you equate St. Patrick's Day with a lot of imbibing. Yes. Up until the 70s, you could not drink in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. He closed the bars. It's a holy day. Yeah, a holy day. Yeah. Not, not a holiday. Isn't a that holy funny? Day. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, and it's so crazy to think. Like, I, uh, I have uh, a lot of Mexicans in my family. And when I was talking to Dad, this was, gosh, 96, 1996, when I was doing all this research on Catholic immigration patterns from the Irish, the Germans, the Italians, because uh, the Poles came way later than everybody else, right? They were late. But when I was describing the plight of the Irish, Dad said, well, they're like the Mexicans now, right? All they want is to come here, be free, work hard, and be good Americans. Uh, but they're Catholic. So we're like, no, 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 no. You know, stay home, right? Or we say things like, well, they got to follow the laws. We don't know the laws. And we beg them to come here to work for us. You know, you know what I mean? Yes. But it was the same conundrum the Irish ran into. Well, we need cheap labor, mm -hmm. but we don't want you people here. You know, it's amazing. You uh, you may mention during, I believe, your homily, or at least the opening uh, this morning, which I think bears uh, repeating here, uh, the usage of the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. The Ku Klux Klan was founded as an anti-Catholic immigration group. Had nothing to do with black folks yet. Uh, you know, that became one of their defining traits, but they burned down innumerable churches, uh, Catholic churches, including here in Michigan. Uh, and Catholics were just kind of getting our way here, right? At that point, uh, and it's, you, you'll appreciate this, uh, there was a bishop, Dagger, his name was John, um, 
oh gosh darn it, but they called him Dagger John. <laughs> and he was a bishop who came from Ireland and lived here most of his life. And gosh darn, I wish I could remember his name, but they all called him Bishop Dagger John. John Hughes. Sorry? Hughes. Did you say Hughes? Yes. Bishop John Hughes in New York. They kept burning down churches. And it was so bad that Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, did a public address saying, stop it. Right? And if nothing else, he was like, we need their blood. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's what he meant because the Irish were fighting for uh, the North in the Civil War, primarily. So uh, Bishop John Hughes said, okay, if you won't stop, here's what we'll do. And he went out and bought a ton of guns and he armed the Irish. And he told them, stand outside the church. And then he made a public address and ready. At that point, Moscow had just burned to the ground because of riots, right, in Russia. He said, if one more Catholic church catches fire, we will turn this city into a second Moscow. No more churches got burned down. True story, Bishop John Hughes. Uh, and there's all these famous pictures of Irish with their muskets just standing right at the doors to the church, letting the people in, but keeping an eye out. Not one more Catholic church in New York got burned. Which may, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but that may have had some bearing on what eventually became, in this country, the American Ancient Order of Hibernians. Yes. Yeah, they were founded to protect Irish women and children. And priests yep. and, and property. Yeah, yeah. And you have connection to them, don't you? Yes. Well, I started going back to Massachusetts because, obviously, with the immigration, my paternal grandparents, uh, grandfather and grandmother, both uh, emigrated from County Cork. Uh, matter of fact, my uncle was born in Ireland, and I think my father was just a whisper away. I think yeah. he, if I understand, you know, my history correct, grandma came over pregnant with my dad. Yeah. He almost Aww. was born. But anyway, and they were part of the immigration to New England, of course, as you say, you know, cheap labor, come over, and it was highly industrialized in New England back then. So the ancient order of Hibernians grew, grew roots um, in several states, including Massachusetts. But it wasn't until 1982, ironically, or coincidentally, that uh, the chapter started uh, here in the Flint area. 1982. Oh my gosh. But I think in retrospect, I was giving that some thought. Back then, during the immigration, was also the automotive era where there was an influx yeah. of everybody yep. coming to yep. Michigan to, to find work. Where on the East Coast, it was primarily immigrants, you know, from Poland, That's a great Ireland. And well, and Henry Ford drove that whole immigration to emigration, I think you say, right? When it's moving from one state to another. That mass emigration to Michigan, and he, prim well, not primarily, he only wanted black workers. Right. Uh, so uh, that's where you get what a lot of people find a curious Michigan accent. It's it's a deeply uh, southern influenced mm -hmm. accent. Uh, there's a great book on that called Any Color As Long As It's Black, hmm. which was Henry Ford's policy on his car. Right. I don't know if you know. That. Yes. It was you can buy your Model T in any color as long as it's, it's black. black. Right. Well, he also <laughs> believed black men worked harder. Uh, and complained less. And he funded huge trains to go down south. And well, in the meantime, GM was snagging Irish and German. Uh, and that was kind of part of the little difference between GM and Ford was Ford was like, Ford created a black middle class. 
and he was a racist, right? He was an awful human in that regard. Uh, and there was GM pouring into Flint, Irish, German, Poles. Uh, it's just crazy. Anyway, I'm sorry. Nope. I talk too much. Your 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 mind of history just blows me away. Oh, no, 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 I mean, it does, no. and I think to everybody watching. Yeah. No, I'm sorry, but so can you tell us a bit about the ancient order of Hibernians? Yeah, well, the AOH uh, to this day, um, like it or not, is men only. Although well, there is an auxiliary, it is right know. and just. But, and you have to be a practicing Roman Catholic. Oh, get out of here. Oh, yes. Yeah. And not only Catholic. I, not look, like diet Catholic. No, no. The word practicing wow. is in it. And My bro. I looked at the uh, the charter for the Sullivan O'Sullivan, which is the chapter here okay. in, in, in the Flint area, which I joined when I came here. Uh, I think I joined like about 80, oh, actually, 82. I must have joined in 82 when yeah, they first when got their started. chapter. Yeah. And their primary role is to uh, keep the faith, promote the faith. Pray uh, and protect, if, if needed be, yes. your property and all of that, and to continue the tradition, the Irish tradition of the community. Yes. They do a lot of uh, beneficial work to the church, yes. uh, and notably, uh, both here and uh, actually almost, I believe, every other AOH uh, chapter, um, the Colleen Contest. It's not just a beauty contest okay. where you know, a, a, a young lady has chosen Colleen every year, okay. um, and I was a judge for many years, I was on the parade committee back home. Nice. And it's you know the the, the the young ladies come out, and it's not gee you look pretty. Here's a check. Right. Um, you know because I'd win it every year. You would. Yeah. And my wife actually was wondering when you're going to trim your beard. She doesn't like it, does she? She likes it, but she's just a little striker. Um, did I say that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my I Janie. Oh I hope, my gosh. Kosh, I hope you're not watching right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the, just to preserve the Irish tradition and in consort with the the women's auxiliary, um, they just promote higher education and. Uh, this chapter here, as I said, didn't get going until 82. Isn't that something? My hometown, I think it was like 1930-something, so they had many years to grow not only the uh, the Colleen Contest, but the whole uh, celebration, religious and uh, celebratory. Nice. And so the Colleen Contest, back when I w was growing up and uh, you know an adult, if you want to call it that, in Massachusetts, <laughs> a Colleen Contest would attract hundreds of young ladies okay. from, the, from the, the local community and the winner would get round-trip airfare for two to Ireland. Oh uh, my gosh. Aer Lingus oh, sure. and her family. Yeah. A tiara and a gobbledygook check for scholarship. Oh, praise God. And, uh, so, and here, this local chapter here does the same thing. You know, yeah. they, they have the contest every year, and a young lady uh, walks away with a... Several Holy Family girls, uh, sure. young ladies, have, have made the court uh, nice. that I remember. So anyway, that, that, that in, in, in effect is what the AOH is all about. That's cool. And I, I know it, it's really sweet, uh, and this never happened to me until I moved to Flint, back to Flint. Uh, every year, uh, at Christmas, I get a little gift card, 
in a beautiful letter from the ancient order of the That's Hibernians. Right. Yep. Uh, uh, Hibernians, sorry. And by the way, that word comes from uh, what the Romans called the Irish. Irish yeah. yeah. That, Good point. Uh, when the Romans first encountered, like particularly the Irish and the Celts, and if you get a chance, oh, uh, you should look this up because uh, it's it's fascinating. But uh, the Romans were just astounded by the sheer athleticism of the Celts. Um, that the Celts were big on athletic displays to kind of unnerve your opponent. And they would do things like leap from one chariot to the next and while riding. And the, it, the Romans were un, very unnerved by it. There's very few tribes that unnerved the Romans enough where they wrote home, right? The Belgics and uh, the Celts seemed to be too. And one of the things they noticed was that the Celts would paint themselves uh, and fight naked. And some of it was the idea the Celts and the Picts, um, which were the Scots, the Romans thought they might be magic. Okay, um, Crazy stuff, but they would fight naked and painted blue because the whole idea was you're dead. Fight like a dead man. Right. Don't fight to stay. It's really fascinating stuff. But they started calling them painted ones, pictus, uh, pixus, which is where we get the word pixies. These little people that could move like the wind, that could appear out of nowhere. Uh, so they just that's where we get the word pixies mm. from. It's from the Celts and the and the Scots. When the Romans ran into them, it freaked them out, freaked them out. Um, but they called that area. Hibernia, uh, we called Ireland. And the color of their flag was? Blue. Really? Which is why the green is not the color of St. Patrick. Oh my gosh, I did he, not he know He actually, uh, if you look at some of the, the, the early uh, architecture, not architecture, uh, drawings, uh, you will see Patrick in blue vestments. Ah. Um, and there is actually a color dating back to around his time, okay. St. Patrick Blue. Okay. It wasn't until finally they changed the color of the Ireland flag. Okay. Uh, green, yeah, white, and, green orange. and orange. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that all of a sudden it became, St. Patrick became synonymous with green. But no, blue is the color. That's crazy. And the new colors represent green. Ireland, Unity, uh, Oh, sure, because orange, is that because of, like, the Prats? Uh, uh, oranges, oh, yes. The William the, the Orange was the guy who went And then white, yeah. which I think is kind of interesting. The quote is representing the eternal peace between the two. Okay. And there has been peace for a bit. Yes. I've been shocked. I remember when I was in high school, Truly, it just seemed like Northern Ireland was going to have to be its own thing. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, but it seems like they're making it work. It, it, it's not, you well, anything? you're saying, you know, high school, maybe, you know, I'm obviously older than you. Yeah. During that particular time, uh, yeah, it wasn't looking good yeah. at all. No, but there has been, I would call it peace. Yeah, praise God. Amen. I, uh, well, so, Bill, if you don't yeah. mind... Uh, sharing with us a bit about your childhood and young adulthood in Boston. Uh, at the risk of too general a question, can you share, uh, like, were you aware of, now, I'm an Irishman, 
in Boston. Was that a part of the ethos of your community? or? Well, you know, we'll, we'll push aside Boston for the moment because I really didn't make the Bostonian connection until I became a student at Boston University. Sure. My hometown is in right. western Massachusetts. That's right. Um, Where they the, make guns. In, 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 yes. And the diocese, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Springfield. Yeah, Springfield Armory. Uh, now, in Springfield the Diocese, my hometown is... Back then, it was a town of 50, the city actually, 53,000 people or so, a okay. sm small community, uh, but it was highly industrialized. As a matter of fact, sometimes you'll see me wear my uh, Holyoke t shirt, Best City by a Dam site, and it's D A M, one of the first communities designed for hydroelectric nice. and a series of canals for. Uh, paper mills. Okay. And eventually, during you know my upbringing, eh, 50s and 60s, Holyoke, Massachusetts, was the paper making capital of the entire world. Wow. Who were working in there? The Irish, oh, the yes. Polish. Yes. So we go back now to Holyoke. Uh, my particular parish was St. Jerome's. Oh, great. And it was a block from City Hall. I lived within two blocks of that and went K through uh, 12 at Holyoke Catholic High School. Okay. That was Ward 4, all Irish. Yeah. So I basically got out of the womb and I was reminded of the fact that yeah. you are have Irish blood. Yes. Except for my pater maternal grandparents who were from Poland. Lovely. And okay. the church, the Polish church, was a block away from Oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. And near the two shall oh, meet. Near yes. the two. But here I am. I'm a technically split down the middle between the two. So I was brought up primarily Irish because of the, the high school and, and, and the school itself, because sure. that was all Irish. Yeah. Uh, but my mother and grandmother and grandfather on the Polish side made sure that I knew and learned of the Polish heritage. Oh, and sure. their church was Mata Dolorosa. Oh. Uh, so I, you know, I understand yes, and watched the impossibility later understanding that how did my father yeah. marry my mother back then? That I mean, couldn't was, have been popular <laughs> among the family. Well, I, I or no, okay. <laughs> but it finally, it, you know, it, yeah. it, it came to be. Everybody uh, chilled out. I know, because you may remember, I think I shared with you when my dad's mom and dad met, it caused great hardship because she was half English and he was 100% German. And uh, that did not go over back then. Sure. Uh, and that's why they moved to Flint because no one gave a rip in Flint. If you worked, just work, right? And they, dad, Grandpa Krupp was a Buick City guy for 42 years. 42 years. Yeah. Um, so uh, from Massachusetts, um, I think you moved right here, right? You yes, moved here yeah, directly from Mass. Right from Mass, right here, because of Channel Twelve. Yeah, uh, you know when I arrived here, it was because of the job. And was Twelve the king back then? No, no. I was just gonna say. No. Now, don't take this wrong, but it, in my head, it was you, right? You led the shoot well, the, like that. I know at some point we just became Channel 12 people, and again, we didn't know you yet, but it was, well, that's where Bill Harris is. 
Uh, I'm not going to take all that credit. I'm going to pass a lot of the credit on to my news directors, okay. two of them in particular, uh, one of whom uh, just retired along with me not too long ago, and he's a parishioner here. Uh, you know, seeing the future and in our industry, and this is not rocket science, if you have stability and a crew that can build credibility, yeah. that's the key. Joel so when, you, well, when, yeah. I, when I first came here, it was a revolving door. You didn't know who was on the anchor desk or yeah. who. And Channel 5 had the, the rock-solid people who have been there you know, since uh, the TV was invented. Channel 12 slowly started to build people and keep them here and make life good for them and uh, built a station that, yeah, I want to stay in. Yes. And so you've got you know, John McMurray, oh. Ed Phelps, yeah. oh my Karen gosh. Gatlin, Susalenko. Yep. Every us, one of these you names. Know, yep. and, you know, I remember like Joel Fike, J.R. Kirktech, you, Ed Phelps, J.R., and everybody loved uh, John McMurray. Johnny Mac. Yeah. Happy so, St. Patrick's Day, John. Yeah. Now, where was John from? Because he had a curious accent, but I'm young enough, I was young enough where I couldn't. John came here from New York. Ah, well, do you remember John? I'm John McMurray. He, he uh, still yeah. lives about a half a mile from here. Shut <laughs> up. And, oh, yeah. They, they, Everybody loved him. Oh, Mac is uh, the Irishman's Irishman. Oh. You think Mac, his wife is even crazier Irish. Nice. But he, uh, I say he started in New York, but he en entered into the military, ended up in the Air Force, and st started studying meteorology. Yeah. And he was the man, bro. Oh, yeah. Back wow. before meteorology was like, what's that? Well, it's a yeah. science of weather. Oh, really? All right. But then he, he started to become more adept at meteorology, and all of a sudden, television started calling. Like, hey, oh. I can get paid for doing this. Yeah. And I remember. <laughs> I remember when uh, JR snagged him. No, he he worked both. W, yeah. he right. Carrie uh, says he WJR radio, but oh, yeah. he did most of that from his home in Flint. Yeah, yeah. I I just remember you did two things for news, WJR uh, if you were in the car, and Channel Twelve JRT, and if you were at home. You don't think that, there's any any uh, coincidence that it's WJR radio and WJR. T TV. I always wondered. Yeah, is there going way back? But there's a connection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sure. Dumb question. I've never thought of this. Do they pick those letters randomly? No. Well, no. I, I I'm sorry. Yes, you can apply. My first station was WWLP. Now, what does that stand for? William Lowell Putnam, who was the president of oh. <laughs> WKEF okay. Dayton, was. What Bill's future wife, she was vice president, Catherine E. Fitzgerald. So, yes, there are. <laughs> I see. Isn't that funny? Now, I remember, I just found this out three months ago. You remember WKRP in Cincinnati? Oh, sure. Yeah. Do you know they did that on purpose? It's crap. WKRP. <laughs> They did that on purpose because, you know, the whole principle of the show was a struggling radio. Did you know that? No. I never knew that. It's I, almost like you know, the vanity plates that you get. you got to be careful. Yeah. The government now is going to, you know, no, yeah. no, 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 no. You can't play that. But game. apparently they did that to kind of, you know, the whole premise of the show was a struggling radio station that was just doing crap. So that's why they picked those KRP 
was to kind of slide that in. If you uh, look on Wikipedia, the station of your choice, yeah. you might find a history of the station of your choice, what the call letters mean. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. Well, I will definitely do that. That's that's really neat. I don't mean to, I've always, I, not always, I've never thought about it. But, you know, I know that side of the Mississippi, everything starts with K, K. and this side, it all starts with W. Who the heck knows why? Well, uh, that's, there's an international governing body that assigns that, or assigned, yeah, it still assigns it. Okay. In addition to the United States having K and W, there is also A and S, and no. you know, yes, for military, and oh so you will, there'll be a military radio station, not in the true sense that you and I know it, but be A something something something. Okay. Now, it really gets more fun. Before this international organization started to dictate the rules, there is KDKA. Where K -D -K -A. is that? That's in Pennsylvania. Oh, <laughs> it's nice. one of the very first stations that okay. went on the air, was licensed by the Federal Communications Commission long before they decided to cut the country in half. My so. brother. Oh, I love broadcast uh, history. Yes. It looks like we have a question. Oh, no, it's okay. It's a comment. Okay. And don't forget, Bill is happy to take your questions. Uh, um, Wode is blue which is the plant with which the Picts and Celts painted their bodies. Uh, That's thank you. I know the Romans called them wodes, uh, but not in a friendly way. Uh, I, I read that as a pejorative term, but it sounds like it, it's a plant. Wode is blue, blue, and that's the plant with which the Picts... Thank you. Yes, was thank that you. one of our UK people? No, actually, it was. Oh, that, that's okay. Lori Garcia. Oh, hey, thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. Yay! You got something by your huge research staff here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you noticed, Chuck has passed out drunk again. Uh, well, it's so, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have already said it's okay to be drunk today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you know you're driving. You know, don't do that. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, uh, you know, we were just talking about this. It, it, this is off topic. I don't think you care. No. When I was a kid, every month someone died in what we were told, quote, a car accident. And, yeah, Chuck's already, because like, he knows. And maybe this is a Montrose, New Lothar, whatever. But it was like, then I remember in high school when all of a sudden, like, you guys led the charge of this awareness of drinking and driving. And I know a lot of the adults got mad about it. It's like, oh, it's okay, you know. But they pounded it in our heads. And it was one of those things like littering where our country affected a radical change, right? Like, do you remember those days? And, mm -hmm. and you guys did a ton of these announcements and awarenesses. I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you don't. But JRT came to our school. And you guys talked about accidents that you had reported on with drunk driving, and it was raising the whole awareness. And, and then it was 20 years later where I was talking to my dad, and I said, boy, what they do with cars now is amazing. You just rarely hear about people killed in car accidents. Anyway, well, it's because nobody's drunk driving anymore. Like, what? And that's where I found out all those when I was a kid, well, so-and-so died in a car accident. Well, they were drunk. And that, like, all the news stations, do you remember these days? We're about the same age. We're all of a sudden, they're coming in our school every month, and, like, people die because of drunk driving. Stop, you know, no drunk driving. And uh, what was their big slogan? Dare. Dare. Was that it? No. D -A -R, no. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And then they had, you know, Dads Against Drunk Driving, which was dead at it. 
But anyway, all this to say, uh, that was an amazing, like I think of that all the time, that there's two things in my lifetime where our country went, nope, and we quit littering. Like you remember when we were yeah. kids. Yeah. I mean, everything was just filled with garbage, every ditch, every highway. Well, back in the, I, I would say in the 50s and 60s on St. Patrick's Day, yeah, it was acceptable yes. to drink and get behind the wheel. Yeah. Uh, and then the kids started doing it, and we were starting to lose kids oh, yeah. by, by the truckload. And I, I smirked this morning. It's funny you bring that up. One of my favorites partying Irish tunes is the Irish Rovers wasn't that a party might have been the six-pack might have been the gin I took that track in the early 80s and made the one of the videos that you're talking about that yeah. we played on St. Patrick's Day showing wrecks yeah. and just to reinforce the wow. not a good idea to get tanked up at wow. 07 a.m. when the bar opened and, isn't that you know, something two o'clock trying to drive home in the afternoon no yeah so you're right man that's that's important you know uh it's it's uh yeah anyway um so folks don't hesitate to send in your questions for a while bill but if i may i think i want to start talking about the stew can we talk about the stew yes. okay so bill you have a tradition and i don't know how long you've held this because i've only been aware of it for a few years but where you make an outstanding like i got some the last two years i've got some of your irish stew can you talk to yeah, us well, about it? Yeah, well, I'm not going to take too much credit okay. for it. I just, especially toward the end of my broadcast career, and now that retirement, I'm really having fun cooking. Yeah. So I, you know, I delve into finding recipes, and I found two here uh, recently, uh, and they're both quote Guinness Irish stew. Okay. One is Instapot. Okay. And the other is a Crockpot. Well, I wanted to prepare the crock-pot version because you put it in for 10 hours. Woo! And there is good reason for that because you, if you do look for a history of Irish stew, first of all, if you go back to the real days of the Irish stew, there was no beef in it. Right. Why? They don't have any money. They, they, didn't, yeah. they didn't have any cows. Right. You know, That's you know, yeah. If they were going to have cows, it was... So where do they get their milk from? Sheep. Yeah. And what the, well, you have a oh, your, your maitre d. Oh, this is my beautiful d. godson, Michael. Oh <laughs> my you, Michael. gosh! Thank you, Miguel. So uh, what they did was um, everything was done. Oh my uh, gosh! From a oh, roots, root, you know, vegetables, um, yeah. carrots, not necessarily potatoes because right. potato farm it, uh, right. salmon, right? And mutton. Oh, no, not lamb. Yeah. What's mutton? Aged lambs who have no reason to be on earth anymore. Okay. Because they, okay. they had a lot of sheep in Ireland. Right, right. They cut, you know, to shave the sheep and all of that. Well, so when uh, they had outlived itself, that became <laughs> yeah. mutton. I'm going to try a bite. Okay, oh, so God's people, uh, Wild Bill made this. And I, again, I don't know how long you've been doing it. I know at least three years. Yeah. But... Uh, Wow. Oh my God! Oh good God! It's, uh, you got one, Carrie. Good. Did you try it? You can taste the Guinness. Again. Oh wow! Yeah, well, Bill, nicely done. Awesome. No, Carrie mentioned you can taste the Guinness. Yeah, it's very rich. First time ever on television. Okay. You were going to learn that Irish stew is not made with Guinness. No. Okay. As a matter of fact, 
It goes back to the Druid days. Oh. Okay. In here is a, an Irish tradition mm. called Joe in Black. Yes! You made Joe in Black with, you made uh, this with Joe in Black. Uh, yeah, yeah. The greatest beer in the history of Western civilization. No, seriously. What I saw, it, it called for Guinness. I went, no, no, no. Oh. Heresy putting Guinness in it. He's doing Joe in Black. <laughs> and if I may be so bold, potatoes, soup with potatoes in it, I usually find they overcook or undercook the potato. You nailed this. Yeah. Oh, thanks. No, I'm telling the truth. Did you try it yet? They have. Did you? Oh, thanks, Miguel. Oh, you guys got that. Uh, oh, oh that's right. Oh, we have green, green napkins, Michael. Um, Mrs. Viper. Are you guys eating this, Mikey? Chuck? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, we're not eating Oh, yeah, they're out there. <laughs> that's my stew. So, folks, this is marvelous. And was this a lot of work, bro? No, as a matter of fact, um, uh, Mike, there is, the, bring in the uh, printed recipe. I think it's in the pink bag. And I'll, okay. uh, I'll just uh, offer, uh, oh tell you where gosh. to find it. I don't know if we want to post it or not. But. Do you see it? Oh, yeah. Mm, thank you. Mm -hmm. And is this, thank you. this is beef, though. This is a mine. Yes, yeah, yeah. this is beef. Um, My gosh, Bill. And there's something, a couple other ingredients here. There's mushrooms, which is not part of the original deal, but that adds a little, a, a different taste to it. Um, let's see, this is, uh, wow. Yellow onion, celery stick. Uh, garlic, tomato paste, blah, blah, blah. So it's not a true, if you want to go back to the Emerald Isle and get the recipe, oh, sure. this is not it. But Where's that one from? This is uh, from, let's see, the foodie, F-O-O-D-I-E, dietitian. Okay. And that's a, that's a website. So all I heard is blah, 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 this is super healthy. <laughs> Just it, so you know. Well, actually, no. One requirement for me in cooking at home, it has to be, and I'll put reasonably, but usually healthy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I try to do the best you can. So if you're going to do the foodie dietitian, then all you got to do is just uh, search instant pot, get a beef stew. Okay. Instant pot. Okay. As opposed to... Whew, the food, I've got a uh, food.com recipe. This is the one where <laughs> you keep it in for about 10 hours on okay. the crock pot. And as my father used to say, you can put old army shoes in there, it's going to come out tasting good. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, I, I got into a kick for a long time of um, on Thanksgiving, in particular, deep frying everything I could. Um, we deep fried a bird, we deep fried. And I, I tried all sorts of things in the deep fryer. And every time I was surprised at how good it was, and then that was what my dad pointed out. Joe, you could put anything in a deep fryer and it'll be tasty. Yeah, you were eating grease. <laughs> That's what's happening here. I have just but, now... Bill, this is outstanding. Thank you. Maybe in the past year or so, become acclimated to using an instant pot. I That scared the daylights out of me. And I couldn't I couldn't boil water with the instant pot for a while. And you know why? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so dumb on my part. I would prepare a meal and it would come out burnt or all that. The digital readout, instead of having one minute and 30 seconds, I was thinking, I was reading it wrong, I put it on for 11 minutes, thinking it was one, one, no. Until I finally went, ah, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> so now, it is the uh, 
crock pot the same thing as the instant pot and the results? Yeah, they're about 90% close. But if you want to do something like this, had I had the time, I would have gone the, definitely the crock pot method. I am. Oh, yeah. So you like it a little, OK. Uh, maybe it's just perception. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you. if it's going to sit there for you yeah, know yeah. 10 hours, it's going to come yeah. out better. No, I, I get you. And there is some magic to uh, I know. I got to stop. I, I ate almost all of that. And I'm mm -hmm. supposed to be doing a show. Well, the, the point here also is I made enough, I hope. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor and make sure, because Father Lay, no. I promise. Come I'm on. sorry. His, no. I don't love anybody Father that much. Lay's mom is either from Ireland or she is uh, part Irish. Part, part Irish, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I promised, I promised well, how's a, this? a cup. I'll take a picture of it. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, that'll count, right? All right. So what about your dad? I'll take a picture of it, but I won't talk to him about it. <laughs> you, you, you are just such a fun-loving guy. You know that? <laughs> Who was I just telling? Somebody was like, uh, can, I, I think it was you, Chuck. It was something I had food-wise. And, and I was looking, I was going, I should share this with Chuck. And then I thought. When Marius ate Chuck's hot dog. Oh, my gosh. Were you watching yesterday? This I demon. thought of you, no, know, and I know where you go. The hot dog stand is open. He stole one from Chuck. I, I drove by and go, hot dog stand is open. Oh. Father Joe was happy. Oh, no, it was I, a I, day I was of on the road joy. yesterday. Oh, yeah. funny. In fact, I'm going to dispense myself from Friday and Lent. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> do you, do, do you, <laughs> um, you heard it. This is outpost your email right now. What's that? Outpost yeah. your email right now. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, free, uh, what do you say, uh, um, a dispensation for anyone who goes to the hot dog stand tomorrow. But, uh, but um, yeah. I have Marius. that now. I'm going to take that bite yeah. from the archive. I'm going to post it on my website to Father Joe, and here's proof said that now. Well, this is a true story. So Maria stole, so Chuck got, I got two hot dogs, Chuck got two. Carrie got one. Um, sissy. But uh, literally, I don't think five seconds, the dog identified what was going on and stole his hot dog without us knowing. And we only noticed when it was like, where's Chuck's other dog? And then Marius is there with wax paper on the floor. Oh, my God. Licked clean. And uh, I had this mini moral conundrum in my head of... Chuck, you want my second hot dog? <laughs> <laughs> it's Lent, right? Yeah, you and he was like, no, 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 Father. No, no, go ahead, Chuck. <laughs> and, uh, and then I offered to split my hot dog. Meaning, I said, you can have the bun. <laughs> but there was a part of me that was like, this is my first hot dog stand hot dog in months. I have pined for this. Like normal sane people pine for... I don't know oxygen. <laughs> and I did offer it to him. You did? And I was embarrassed. Like in my head, I'm like, it's my hot dog. <laughs> you can have my hot dog if you can beat this. Right. You know, <laughs> I'll give you the bun. I'm a giver. I'm not like without heart. Father Lay, get over here now to yeah. get your... Yeah, no, I took a picture. Uh, yeah, uh, so he's all set. No need to thank me. Uh, but folks, truly, this is marvelous too. And I would recommend, at, at Bill's recommendation, it sounds like, go to the uh, food, what is it? Oh, the foodie. Oh, no. the foodie. Foodie. Yeah. foodie. The foodie dietitian? The foodie dietitian. Okay, foodie dietitian. And That's check out this recipe because honestly, like normally any kind of vegetable stew, I'm like, eh, 
This is phenomenal. Wow, thank you. Really, uh, and I'm not a noodle guy. I don't like noodles in my soup. Uh, you know, it's like a vegetable noodle soup. Mm -hmm. The texture, for some reason, Oh, I see what you're out. saying, right. Yeah. Oh, we have a question. Sorry. Thank God I took... Bro, look at how much of that I ate. Good, you got a question. I can okay, have more Bill. soup. What are your favorite? Here, I'll hold your soup while no, you answer this question. No, no, I'm sure it's not. It's not he'll hold my soup Ow. for me. Uh, what are your favorite Flint area spots on St. Patty's Day? <laughs> the I first, know one of them. Well, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. White horse. The white horse. You can't beat sure. the white horse. But the premier place is is now closed, um, and it's on Flushing Road. Uh, it closed, I think, in the early 80s, and it's Patty McGee's. I remember Patty now, McGee's. No, Patty, because I living in the city of Flint at one time, and then Northern Mayhem. Genesee County. Mayhem. Patty McGee's on Flushing and Ballinger was the place to go. At 0700, you would show up on St. Patrick's Day, and there's a line all the way around the block already My waiting gosh. to get in. I believe it. Uh, Patrick, there is such a name, a, a guy, Patrick McGee. That was, yeah. that, that was his name. Um, and he ran this bar. It was just so wonderful. Uh, camaraderie. There is an Irish group uh, called Tullamore Dew oh, sure. that used to perform there. Them. Those are two uh, Flint school teachers. Okay. Uh, and who would just teach during the day and sing and, sing party and at drink night. at night. Oh, my uh, gosh. So then when Patty's closed, uh, Tullamore Dew ended up going to Chessening. Ah. And they performed the Rathskeller. Which is my aunt and uncle's restaurant. Right. That, yep. And Patty McGee's eventually sold the rights and some of the memorabilia to a place called Patty McGee's in Grand Blank. Ah. The, at the Jewel. The Jewel Country yeah. Club's bar is Patty McGee's. Hey, what's all the fuss? I, I didn't understand it. You saw it? You know what I'm going to say? Oh, I, I Something's think I going on with the Jewel. Yeah. And I don't understand. Is it not going to be a golf course now? The, you know where I live. And there yeah. is like, you know, is it, it's not in my backyard fear. Okay. Um, and the way I understand it, and I think this is going to drag on. Am I right, Chuck? This is going to drag on for a while. Okay. Uh, but the, the ultimate plan is we hear it now. The south, the north course, which is the newest one. Got it. Yeah. You know, right along with the, the Kings Point homes yeah, and sure. all of that. Uh, that is going to be now home. They're going to close that course and make more condominiums. And well, if you look at, and I'm trying to be logical here, and as a business person, that seems to me as being the prime property. Yeah. The south course of the Jewel has been around for Since 250 uh, years, yeah. um, and that's going to remain. So what it was a 36-hole course, correct me if I'm wrong, is now becoming an 18. Yeah. And the jewel is going, basically, it's going back to the old days. So okay. just the one golf course, clubhouse, yeah. and what have you. But the population of Grand Blanc's dropping. Well, but I think condos in that particular geographic location along Genesee Road. Sure. And, and it's, it's prime Okay. Fine stuff. Well, that, Dad and I are always amazed by this in Genesee County when we look uh, at all these houses being built and all the houses being abandoned. And we're like, 
well, see, there's a house right there. <laughs> you could probably fix it up for cheaper than building a new house. But And everybody's moving out, so I don't know. That's why. So the, the property, though, at this particular month, the way I'm understanding it, it's not homes. It's going to be condominiums, okay. which may have a different attraction, especially as the population center uh, grows in Oakland yeah, County. Yeah. And, you know, I get so, it. So now you you know, you know live up here in Grand Blanc, shoot down Saginaw Street to 75, and bang. And you know what? Now that you're mentioning because it's so I'm still adjusting my brain I was the other side of 21 right so when people say Oakland County I'm like it's an hour and it's like no it's 15 minutes oh, on if, this yeah. side of 21 right. you know uh, uh, oh. the difference between Montrose and Grand Blanc geographically changes everything like my family I'll be like oh dad and I are going to Detroit today oh what's going on we're like, no, it's only 50 minutes. Well, you're five with that. You're five minutes away from Mount Holly, yeah. which is Oakland County. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I keep forgetting. And I, there's another reason cool. too. I understand why the uh, there's a lot of interest in in this area, that because of the prominence of a school and a church and a pastor at Holy Family, people are just saying, I we have to move to Grand Blanc. I hear it all the time from no one. Yeah, uh, I hear it all the time. The voices in my head. Oh yeah. Uh, hey, okay. Okay, yes. so there is a woman who works in our parish, and she's basically perfect. Um, her name's Nicole. You might know her. <sighs> red hair. Yes, red hair. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, very Brown artistic, eyes. wonderful. Uh, yeah. So she is uh, pointing out that apparently they're only losing nine of the 18 holes on the north side. Thank you, sweetie, because I yeah. know I was confused there for a minute. So. Yeah. Wild Bill's daughter uh, works here, and Carrie and I and Chuck work with her, and we just thank the Lord for her every day, and that's Bill's girl. She's my yeah. go-to person here on staff. You know, I ended up calling her this morning, Carrie, when I was streaming. Nikki yelled me! <laughs> <laughs> so is there a tradition of attending Mass in Flint on St. Patrick's Day? I'm glad you brought that up, because, yeah. and I'm going to start back again in, in the Diocese of Springfield, um, where you would think the bishop's mass would be at the cathedral in yeah. Springfield. Sure. No. The bishop every year would hold his St. Patrick's Day mass in my home parish, St. Oh, Jerome's in Julio. And that's a tradition that continues today because of the the, the, okay. the structure and the, the popularity of the Irish Catholics. Move here to Flint. Where would you expect to have in the Diocese of Lansing the uh, the Bishop's Mass? The cathedral. Yeah, right. the cathedral. Uh, at this moment, there is probably close to the dismissal. Bishop Boyer is celebrating the annual St. Patrick's Day Mass at St. Matt's. Nice. Did it used to be at Always Mike's? used to be St. Michael's. Okay. He's right here. Nice. Yeah, we've been abusing him about joining us on the show. And it's okay if I say this. I think it is. He was like, oh, I'll do a uh, Zoom. Like, no, no. No, we need chair. I agree with you. The chair. Thank you. No, he, Thank you. Uh, he was celebrating Mass. It used to be St. Mike's. Mike's yeah. St. Mike's was the cathedral of, of this area. Yeah. And I, I reminisce in the days, and I know you do too, uh, Bishop Pavish. Oh, sure. Lent or not, Bishop Pavish would come with his 
green beanie yep. to, to say mass. Yep. And they start at 12.02. Why? Because the Irish are always late. And they do. They start mass at 12.02. And do you remember Pavish always, if if St. Paddy's Day fell on a Friday during Lent, he was like, nope, all Catholics are dispensed. He dispensed. Uh, yep. All. Like a blanket statement. Yep. Yep. Uh, and it was just hysterical. And he didn't do it for St. Joseph, which was hysterical. Right? He had... <laughs> I just remember the Germans were like, what the heck? I'm sure the you sisters, know, what's it sisters of St. Joseph didn't like that yeah. either. I mean, is, is German, not Polish? Well, the Germans claim him, uh, right? Uh, and uh -oh. the, oh, there's my lovely daughter dressed I can't in green. Tell you how much I love this girl. Yeah, and we're, we're getting the wrap-up sign. Go get some Irish stew. Nicole almost got us arrested at the border. Oh, that's a story uh, down the road a little bit. Yes. Do you know about this? No. What? She's she's wrapping us up. We're getting. Oh, poo. Okay. Uh, Is it really? Oh my gosh. Oh, and before, can I do something before we go? Okay, Bill. I think we need to show God's people my cookies. I received two cookies. Bill didn't receive any. What's that? From crust. Is it from crust? Beautiful. Crust. It's a store? Yeah. Okay. Oh, bold. And local? Whoa. Local jobs? Yep. Okay, so yep. check out crust. I should probably take a bite so that my, I'm going to clock. Sure. Um, so crust is a local place, uh, Fenton, Michigan. Uh, local jobs. Be sure and check it out. I will not take cream. a bite now, right? Mm -hmm. Because it'll be really loud to unwrap this near a mic. Yep. Okay, Nick's giving me the... Um, uh, so... Uh, what what was my point? Come, Father Holy Jeff Spirit. Is praying for you. He says he's currently on my knees, pleading with the Lord to have mercy on these two. Peace and love to Viper and Goose. Oh my gosh! Okay, so now we have to tell the story. He has so, to save me. Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Rose is my dearest friend in the world. Right? We have been friends since uh, we were boys. Ice. He's a priest. I was ordained first because I'm a better person. But here's the key: Jeff, Viper. Me and Nick, and Nick was young. You were very, how old? I was 18. Oh, okay, we weren't too young, but we were in a car coming back from World Youth Day in Toronto, and we had not slept the night before. We were doing all night uh, stuff, and Bill was out of control, and, and I was very prayerful. Uh, but we were coming toward the border, and there was some unpleasantness. And it began when the guy said, do you have any firearms? And I may have accidentally said, what do you need? You have to remember this is not quite post 9-11. Yeah, it was post 9-11. They, they were all they had in the... Guns, yeah, they, 2002. Yep. They were... The border dudes were not ARs, not pistols, shotguns. Not amused. <laughs> right. Oh, and they didn't find it funny at all. Nikki and I are in the backseat, Jeff and... Father Joe are in the front seat, yeah. and Nikki and I are going, we are going to die. <laughs> we are. And do you think these two would stop? We are inching closer and closer, and, and they are putting on. Yeah. Point us toward your tallest buildings, <laughs> and we're going to need a small airplane. He I mean, this was the kind of stuff we were saying. Father Joe says he in 2002. The Father Jeff says he had been ordained less than two weeks at that point. Yeah. And I've been a priest, of course, for years and years because I'm better than Jeff. No, if you don't know Father Jeff Rose, and if you enjoy good preaching, I'll tell you what, find his Jeff. church, right? Uh, St. John the 23rd, I think, in Toledo. Toledo. You can find him online. All you that know, guy does yeah. is hit home no, runs. I don't find him because he doesn't know how to spell his name. He doesn't what? 
spell his name correctly. Oh, yeah. He spells Jeff wrong because he's a sinner. G-E-O-F-F. Geoff. Geoff Rose? Rose is just Rose. Rose, yeah. Rose is spelled X-L-T-Ski. It's Polish. To show you more about the family, it was Father Joe and Father Jeff who presided over my daughter's wedding. Yeah. And I had these two guys in my house the night before. It was bad. I think we have to wrap up, but I do. I have one final story, Please. If, if, if we may. Yes. All right. And this begins with, uh, we're just back, my wife and I, from Clearwater Beach, Florida, for a week. And when we go to Clearwater, uh, we attend a, a mass uh, at Clearwater Beach. The closest one is an Irish church called St. Brendan's, mm. obviously. You can't know, get Irish. more Irish than so that. So last Saturday, we went to the 430 Mass, and we walk in, and it happened to be the parish's St. Patrick's Day party. Oh, get out. So all of the parishioners are all in their best. And the pastor, God bless him, is elderly. I've got to say, he, he's in his 80s. Wonderful, thick brogue, Irish, and wonderful homily. And just before the final blessing, Father says, I want to tell you a, a story. And he talks about one of his parishioners. He says, my parishioner uh, was born in, in Ireland, one of three. And uh, he came to the United States, settled here in Clearwater. And every Friday, he goes to the, the local watering hole and orders three bottles of Guinness, puts it on, and just sits there and sips. And this goes on for quite some time. And the bartender finally looks and goes, I see every Friday three bottles of Guinness, and you sip, and then you go home. What's the significance of the three? He says, well, I am one of three children, three b boys who were born in Ireland. One remained in Ireland, the other is in Australia, and I am here in, in Clearwater. And the last time we met face to face, we all agreed that every Friday, we will each at our own little bar have three bottles of Guinness to represent the three brothers nice. and to remember and celebrate our, you know, the happy times back That's in That's cool. So this goes on for a couple of weeks until a week ago, Friday, he comes into the bar, sits up and says, well, two Guinness, please. Bartender puts up two bottles of Guinness yeah. and he sips and the bartender, he just, he had to ask. Yeah. He says, I, I notice you only have two bottles and, and, and I'm so sorry. And why are you sorry? He says, well, seeing only two bottles, I can only assume you've lost one, one of your brothers. He says, oh no. Last Wednesday was Ash Wednesday, and as after ashes, I told the good Lord that I will give up alcohol for Lent. <laughs> I'm ready for this sad story about one of his brothers dying. Oh so were we in the congregation. That's glorious. So, I learned off on that note. I like it. Okay, well, uh, thank you. You no, know thank I love you, you for I 900 reasons. Uh, I love your attentive service to the Mass. I love your commitment to our parish, the way you use your gifts and talents. I love your family so much. And uh, I love how you care for our law enforcement. And um, that for years and years, when we wanted to know what was happening, uh, we didn't get your opinion. I still don't know your politics. You don't want to know my but, opinion. No, but you know what I mean? What yeah. we got was, I don't know, the news, and it was kind of crazy. I think it worked. 
Thanks, so sir. thank you, big bro. Thank you. All right, salad pray. Oh, but tomorrow. Is tomorrow, when is tomorrow? Friday? Friday. Okay, uh, question and answer from a crazy location. You ready for this? Seriously, did you read about this? It's gonna be here. The here though is soon to be moving. You're building a whole new we studio. We are, we are com- moving studios. With a whole new kitchen, right? You know, duh, yeah, and I need a makeup room. Uh, and here's the crazy part. Everybody who comes in here, now you're in TV, so you were totally ready. But every other person who was on said, this is tiny. They think it's a huge room. I have a bathroom that. bigger than this. Yeah, we're, we're, and I'm a fat man. Uh, so uh, we're going to take Dad's old bedroom, right? Mm-hmm. Dad moved upstairs. Did you see his new? Oh, I haven't seen the oh. Crystal uh, Palace yet. Yes, well, you know, Dad requires the best. That's not at all true. Uh, so Dad moved upstairs. We painted his old room, and we're going to move in there. Good. Yeah. Super. So, um, oh, and before I wrap up, I have to tell you this. So you know my baseball collection. Mm-hmm. I got one earlier this week. It's a ball signed by the first pitcher to pitch a winning game in the state of Texas. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Oh, professional, mm-hmm. uh, of course. Uh, the first professional MLB game. Uh, this guy threw the winner, and he signed a ball, and he wrote, first win in the state of Texas, and he dated it. So that's kind of exciting. I'll show you when we get upstairs. Please. Okay. Uh, so, oh, and you're a Red Sox guy. I've been known to root for the Red Sox and the you, Bruins. Have they and made any moves in the offseason? Not that, that I've seen yet, no. We no, have been no. aggressive. Yeah. If you get a chance, look at the Tigers. We just signed two monster relievers, and I thought we were loaded at reliever. I'm too concerned with the Bruins at the moment. I'll talk to the Red Sox later. We'll pray for them. You know, I saw a life-size David Ortiz statue made out of Legos. I have a picture of it. I do. I would love to be inside his brain someday. You know, we're talking about the Sox, right? I literally saw an actual-size statue of David Ortiz, Big Poppy, and it was at Boston's... uh, um, their summer uh, stadium, uh, spring ball, uh, their spring training stadium. I went there to go see the Tigers play Boston two, three years ago, and I took a picture. They have a life-size David Ortiz made of Legos. That's when you know you made it in life. That's a lot of Legos. <laughs> That's a big man, big poppy. That's like a even, big guy. They even got his beer belly. I mean, it's like, dang. His arms alone would be like 9,000. I'm going to stop it. Salad pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, thank you for Bill. Thank you for um, him being here with us. And thank you that I get to be his priest. Thank you, Lord, for all of the men and women who make this country a better place by living their vocation well. And thank you for Kush putting up with him. <laughs> we, we ask that you bless all of us here. And in a special way, Lord, bless all those of Irish descent who helped bring Catholicism to this country and, and held their ground. And what we ask for today is for grace and peace. And we especially pray for peace in Ukraine. Send the Russian soldiers home. Send the poor people in Ukraine relief from their suffering and their hunger and their cold. 
Lord, you know all those people we love and we worry about. And you know all of the circumstances that we, we fret about. And we give all of them to you, Lord. And we love you and we trust you. And we make this prayer through the intercession of St. Patrick. Amen. Amen. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. See you beautiful people tomorrow when I field your questions and make up answers. Peace. Is it over? No, it's never over.